God may be sending something to you that's a tool that nobody else is doing because yeah. it is God's unconventional approach yeah. that may be the one thing that catapults you to a whole new level. Welcome to episode 60 of the Ministry of Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Perhaps you're a ministry leader with a local or a regional ministry, and you're doing well, you feel, in terms of reaching out to folks and connecting with folks, and yet you maybe you feel that God has something more for you, something bigger, something that, uh, that, that can impact more people than, than what you're doing right now locally. Well, today you're going to hear one man's journey and how God has done just that and his role to be obedient and to be faithful. So this ministry has gone from serving in Kansas City to places like France, where they're discipling a disciple maker who is having a big impact for folks over there. We're getting responses in Spanish and Portuguese when all they were putting out was English. Like, how did that happen? And most recently, they've had dozens of people from Romania use their material. He provides great principles on how God has led him that you can apply to your ministry as well. One of the ways that you can grow your ministry is by providing valuable content in exchange for an email address, something that we call lead magnets. And yet less than 15% of ministries are actually using lead magnets to grow their impact. How do I know that? From the 2021 Digital Ministry Benchmark Study. We're offering this benchmark study to you for free, along with a free scorecard where you can see how you compare with other ministries. And as a part of that, we'll work with you to identify your specific area of focus for the next 30 days. Again, all of that is for free, for no charge. Just go to 5q.com slash scorecard. That's 5q.com, F-I-V-E-Q.com slash scorecard. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you Rick Box. Rick is a founder and CEO of Unconventional Business Network. He's also the host of the daily podcast called Integrity Moments. Personally, I'm a subscriber of it, and I love his daily, practical, uplifting, and very quick thoughts. So I'd highly, highly recommend you can go to Apple Podcasts and look for Integrity Moments. Excellent little podcast that I've really been, uh, been blessed by. You know, Rick's passion is bringing biblical teaching to those involved in the workplace. So, so Rick, welcome to the podcast, and we're glad that you're here with us today. Oh, well, thank you, Chad. I appreciate you having me on. So, Rick, just tell us a little bit about your journey, how God led you to start the Unconventional Business Network. Sure. Well, I was a, uh, I was a business guy that was in banking, and uh, as, a, as far as a you know, as far as a follower of Jesus, that didn't come till much, much later because mm -hmm. I was raised in the church, but I kind of ran wild from it as a teenager. And so I, there came a point in time in my banking career where I was invited to take a new job uh, to be a chief lending officer for a major bank here in the Kansas City region. And at the same time, they brought in a new bank president. And as I began working for him, he was unlike any boss that I had ever experience because I would go in and try and get a uh, an answer out of him for whatever problem I was faced with. And he oftentimes would quote me a proverb or he would tell me a parable. And at that stage in my life, I'd walk out scratching my head saying, did that guy really just pull a Bible out on me? But his decisions kept playing out to be extremely wise. And we were trying to turn around a troubled bank. Mm 
And what ended up happening was we turned around about half the time that anybody expected. And I really credit that to that bank president because of his, uh, just his servant leadership and his biblical approach to business. And that was attractive to me because my passion was business and to all of a sudden see that it could be applied practically. Hmm. So fast forward, uh, I ended up having a, a dramatic conversion experience. I was caught in a riptide in Hawaii and God miraculously saved me from that. And that ended up putting me on a path and a journey of saying, okay, Lord, I really love business. Is there a way that I can serve you Hmm. in business? And I really love what this bank president was teaching me. Isn't there any ministry out there doing this stuff? And over a period of time, as I tried to search and pursue the thing that was on my heart. I really couldn't find anybody doing that. Hmm. And so I ended up switching uh, banks. Uh, I was helping to run a small community bank that I'd bought into, and we decided to sell it to a major holding company. And just during that time of prayer, during that transition, Chad, I was asking, Lord, what do you want for me next? Hmm. And it just became very clear that the Lord was saying, you keep asking, why isn't anybody teaching these biblical principles to business leaders? I need you to go do that. Hmm. And so 25 years ago, I jumped out of banking, started initially, I started a consulting practice that was using a biblical planning model that I created out of the book of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. and was helping small businesses. But out of that, it started morphing that I was being asked to teach and to write and to do some radio and a variety of things that led us to 2001. Our board kind of came to the conclusion that it really didn't look like a consulting practice anymore, but God was doing some really cool things. And so we felt like God was just leading us to start a nonprofit Hmm. and begin to embrace what God was up to. And so that was in 2001. And so we're getting ready to celebrate our 20-year anniversary. And so it's really exciting. Well, that is a fantastic milestone. Uh, very few organizations, whether they're businesses or or nonprofits, are able to say that they're able to get to the five-year mark, let alone the 20-year mark. So yes. congratulations. That shows a lot of perseverance and and uh, uh, just trusting God uh, through those years, I'm, I'm sure. Thank you. You know, I, I love what you shared about the impact that your boss had on you in terms of uh, here's a bank president that's living out what does it look like to live out their faith in, in a daily, daily walk? And he, he probably in those moments, he probably had no idea that he was impacting you the way that he was. He was just going about life. Right. Right. And yeah. yeah. And, that, and that stood out to me, Chad, because, uh, because I had a poor mother that was praying for my lost soul every day. Yeah. And I knew when she was praying fervently because I would have tons of people, evangelizing to me. And they wouldn't get through because I knew the Bible as a child very well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I viewed it as sport to just kind of chew them up and spit them out. Uh, But all of a sudden, this bank president was different. He wasn't really trying Mm -hmm. to evangelize to me necessarily. He was truly living his faith out in a practical way in business. Mm -hmm. And that was appealing to me. And I think it's appealing to a lot of other business leaders that may not really 
fully realize that God's word is the best business book they're ever going to find. Yeah. And it also reminds me of something I share with my kids often is that you never know when you're making a memory Yes, when you're interacting with folks. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you saw, saw him living out the word on a daily basis, and then God called you to himself through a, uh, a, a dramatic experience in Hawaii. Um, and before you started your ministry, did you have an opportunity to kind of uh, live out, start living out some of those things that you saw the bank president living out? And uh, yes. what was that like? How, how, did, how did your mindset and, and, and the things that you were, the, the way that you approached your work, how did that change when God got a hold of your life? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Chad. Because uh, you know you you have to make it practical and real for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there was a, a phase to where I was trying to lead this small community bank, and I knew I needed to do it in a way that would be honoring to God. And so, I I tried much of the things that I learned as far as servant leadership. You know, really trying to humbly serve the people and love the mm. people that were around me. But also just from an ethical standpoint, you know, in business, there's a lot of uh, ethical challenges that surface mm-hmm. and banking's no different. You know, mm-hmm. there were there were occasions when you just uh, are tempted to go the wrong way. You know, I remember one occasion, uh, Chad, where um, we had foreclosed on a house and I had to go to the courthouse steps to bid on this house, which mm-hmm. was just the legal procedure. But on my way, uh, I decided to drive by, uh, well, actually on the way back, I decided to drive by the house that we had just foreclosed on Mm -hmm. and discovered that the people that we had just foreclosed on had completely destroyed and trashed this house. Mm -hmm. And so the bid that I had just submitted on the courthouse steps was too high and it Mm -hmm. was going to cause us some harm. And the only two people at the courthouse steps were the attorney and myself. And so I headed back to the office when I got a phone call from the chairman of the board of the bank. And he said, Rick, I'm sitting here with the attorney. Uh, I drove by that house. It looks like we've really overbid on it. And uh, but good news, the lawyer's willing to doctor the papers And to change, you know, to change the deal, uh, and all you need to do is re-sign, you know, this. And my immediate reaction in the flesh was, I don't want to go against the chairman. I don't want to lose this job. Maybe I need to do it. And I just kind of resigned myself and hung up. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I remember just feeling like God was saying, I was on those courthouse steps Mm -hmm. and I know what was done. Mm -hmm. And I picked the phone back up and I called and I said, I'm sorry, but I can't sign those papers. Well, why not? Nobody was there, but you and the attorney and he's okay with it. I'm like, no, God was there and God knows and we have to do it the right way. And the interesting thing about that, Chad was, is that after that experience, now he wasn't very happy with my response because he didn't get what he wanted. Mm -hmm. But after that, what I noticed was, is every time we would have a challenging issue, Hmm. I remember times when the chairman of the board would just say, I don't know why. I, 
I, I don't, I'm not even going to ask because I know you're not going to do it. <laughs> you know, mm. when he had an ethical thing that he wanted me to violate or whatever. Mm. And he said, I, I already know you're not going to do it. So I, so I had paved the way by taking that stand yeah. to being able to show that, no, I'm going to try and do it the right way. And yeah. I'm going to try and please God in this. You know, and that that apply that doesn't just apply in business. That applies in ministry. That applies in life all the way across the board as far as living a life in integrity and doing the right thing. Even and, and really, it's about doing the right thing and trusting God for the results. Yes. Um, and yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's 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 really good. And I know through that time, and then through when you started your. Uh, the the ministry as a whole, you, and over the course of time, you've created a framework for teaching and, and leading business leaders. Um, how does it look like to apply their faith in the workspace? Could you just talk about some of those that that framework for us? Yes. Well, uh, early on, uh, Chad, I realized that, um, especially when I started, I didn't realize that God had called me to be a pioneer in the modern day faith at workspace. There really wasn't hardly anybody out there doing this stuff at that time. And so it was pretty hard and it was hard for people to really comprehend and understand because a lot of, uh, a lot of Christians oftentimes compartmentalize their life. They've been sold this bill of goods that business is business, church is church, mm -hmm. and never the twain shall meet. Mm -hmm. And that's not God's way. That's not mm -hmm. his intention. And so I, I remember early on realizing that what people need is they need to hear stories. And so we started events that we could bring in top Christian CEOs, authors, business leaders that mm -hmm. had a story about their own faith at work journey as to how they integrate their faith in with their work. Mm -hmm. Those events, we've, uh, we've had over 22,000 people attend our events now mm. over the years as we host regular events in Kansas City, St. Louis, Des Moines, and we're talking about moving into the Oklahoma City market. Mm. And what we've discovered is, is our sponsors may invite someone that even goes to church every week, but they've never really thought about the fact that God cares about their business or the work that they're called mm. to until they hear a story from the stage. Mm -hmm. Then the light switch goes on and they're like, oh, God really cares mm. about the work that I'm doing and I don't even have to go and be a missionary. And, and so what we've discovered is, is the events is a great entry tool uh, for us to get people involved in the conversation. Mm -hmm. The other tool that we use, and you're talking with, you know, a lot of digital marketing type folks, we discovered early on that just a simple broadcast email mm -hmm. could be used daily as a devotional to be sent out and to share stories. And mm -hmm. so many years ago, and, and this is kind of a, a fun story, uh, Chad, I had a business executive that I did not know over 20 years ago that came to me out of the blue and said, Rick, I think there's a void in the marketplace that somebody needs to do a daily radio program on integrity in the workplace. Hmm. Why don't you do that? 
And at the time, I'm like, why would you even ask me? I've never done radio. I don't know anything about it. I don't understand why you're asking me to do this. And he said, well, your ministry is kind of about integrity, and I think you ought to consider doing this. And I remember telling him, you know, I'm open to it if God wants me to do this, but why don't you and I join in prayer and ask God if he truly wants me to invest the time to do this, because I'm Mm -hmm. not familiar with it. I don't know what to do. Before the week was out, I had a second radio executive from a completely different station came to me and asked me the exact same thing. And I'm not real smart, but if God hits me over the head enough times, I think I can usually get it. And so I ended up saying, okay, I think God wants me to do this. What does that require? Yeah. And what they told me was, is, well, Rick, you probably need to write about 90 days worth of material and have it in the can ready to go because no one wants to start a radio program if they don't know you can sustain it. Mm-hmm. And so I began writing these daily emails and pe- my friends started saying, well, if you're writing this content anyway, why don't you go ahead and email it out? And mm-hmm. so I started emailing it out to a very small list, had no idea where else it might go. And suddenly, Chad, I was receiving emails from people in Portuguese and Spanish mm-hmm. asking me questions about these daily messages. And I'm like, I sent it out in English. Why are you asking me a question in Portuguese? Could you read it? And I, and I checked around and I found out that there was an international ministry that had rebroadcast my messages and they were translating it into eight different languages. And Mm. when I called them about it, they said, well, you know, we're sending it out to over a million people at that time Wow! in eight languages. And it was so crazy that I was having that kind of an impact through this little digital message that I would have never dreamed could reach that many people. And the funny part of that story, Chad, was is, So when I finished my 90 days worth of writing, I went back to those radio stations. Both of those executives had resigned. And this radio stations told me, well, we could do that, but we'd have to charge you a lot of money. I'm like, that wasn't the deal at all. And so it didn't get on the radio initially. Mm. And I remember being really frustrated, praying one morning, going, you know, God, you'd set this in motion. Why can't I get it on the radio? And I just remember that small, still voice of the Lord, and I was journaling that morning. Mm -hmm. I remember journaling, how many people do you think you would really reach on a local radio station? And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, "Eh, maybe a few thousand. And the Lord's like, how many people are you already reaching through this email because people are rebroadcasting it? I'm like, oh, good point. And it it was just so fascinating that God was just sharing with me, do what I'm telling you to do, be faithful with this little thing, and I will bring the radio program in due time. And sure enough, a few years later, one of the radio stations called me and said, we love those daily messages you write. How about if we let you turn those into radio programs and we'd be willing to host that for free? Hmm. I'm like, okay, that's a better price. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. That's, that's great. Obedience and faithfulness. And I think how often when we're obedient to the next step, God, God shows us what the next step is. And uh, uh, so that, yeah, that's, that's great. So I'm curious, what year was that, that you started those email daily devotionals? You know, I think that was probably about 2001. So really when we were turning the corner and starting the ministry, 
uh, I had begun writing. Yep. And are, is that your current podcast that you have going right now? Is that kind of how that morphed into that? Yeah, we, we really leverage that content in yeah. multiple ways. And right. I highly encourage people to, to consider the fact that with digital media, it's amazing the different routes that one little piece of content can take yeah. because we have multiple uh, streams of people that are rebroadcasting those to their audiences. Yep. We also do it as a daily podcast so that people can listen to it, uh, you know, through their Apple phone or whatever. And we also air it every day on about 200 radio stations across the country. Okay. And so that one minute vignette every day reaches literally millions of people through different channels. Yeah. Uh, and even the, uh, the version Bible app, Mm -hmm. We began bundling some of those into reading plans. Mm -hmm. And so we've had over 190,000 subscribers just through that one platform alone. So That's it's been great. a re remarkable idea that God dropped in my lap years ago. And you didn't even talk about other social media things. And I don't know if you're doing anything with Facebook and Twitter in terms of getting those things out. And, and, and yet you say you're still sending out the email Right. So how has, I mean, it ties into my next question around what are the digital strategies that you've been able to leverage as your ministry has grown? Um, like, can you share how has the, the growth of your subscribership specifically just on the email to begin with and how vital is email even today, 20 years later, how vital is it even, to, even today to, to, to the ministry? You know, for us, email is really critical. Um, you know, we do some things on social media and rebroadcast some of those mm -hmm. um, daily vignettes occasionally on different platforms. Uh, but for us, really, email has been kind of our core platform. And even though I know some people feel like it's old school, because we make it brief, people yep. view it as their morning devotional. Yep. And so we get a lot of people that just continue to subscribe to that and love to be able to, to get that material uh, each and every day and, and have it be kind of their devotional time. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we just see that uh, uh, digitally email has been a great solution for us. And then we leverage it when we can through other platforms mm -hmm. um, and through the radio and the podcast also. I, th I think it's really important for folks to understand that because <laughs> email, like you said, it, it, it feels old school. It feels outdated. It feels, well, that's what my grandma uses. And yet it's still one of the most effective ways for any ministry to be able to communicate. Because if you're waiting like a website and social media, in some ways, those are passive. The, per, the, the audience has to actively reach out to you. And so you're as a ministry, you can't say, here, come and listen to me because they may or may not have notifications turned on for Facebook, for Facebook, the algorithm, your, your right. post may or may not show up in their feed. They may or may not look at their, their Facebook feed. So all those factors will with email, you know, you, you are able to control the communication. So you're able to deliver that and you're able to with integrity, deliver something every day that people yes love and engage and, and, and it draws them into the ministry. So I, I think for yes, be engaged with all the other um, aspects out there and yes, especially to, I, I think the other point is being able to leverage your content, being able to take one piece of content and leverage it multiple different ways. I mean, those are, those are great principles for, for any ministry to apply. 
Well, and Chad, and I would say that, you know, like you just mentioned, the, the emails is a way that we can push to them. Yep. Now, in the real world, you also have to find ways to draw them to you so mm -hmm. that you're expanding your audience. Mm -hmm. And so we have to use some tools to do that as well. You know, for instance, you know, we, we have a Google AdWords program that, you know, that Great. Google makes yep. available for a lot of nonprofits. And so we can put the right keywords out there, the right little ads, and draw some people in to see our website, to see what we're up to, and they can connect that way. Uh, another tool that we use uh, that I really like is, is we created an assessment tool. Mm. Because I had a business owner years ago that asked me the question, Rick, is there any kind of an assessment that I can take to see how well I'm doing at integrating mm. my faith into running this business? And at that time, we really couldn't find one. And through some providential things that God did, uh, a team of business leaders got together and actually developed that. And they ended up giving us the content. And so we ended up developing what we call our leading assessment. Mm -hmm. And so people can go to our website at unconventionalbusiness.org and click on the leading tab up at the top. And it's a free assessment. We have one for business owners and, a, and another one for business leaders that aren't business owners. And the great thing about that is, is it's a way to draw people in because once they take it, oftentimes they want other members of their staff to take it as well mm -hmm. to see how well they're doing. And then we can start to draw people into the conversation through that tool. Oh, that's, that's great. And, and we'll list the, the link to the assessment, the leading assessment in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you really want to get a hold of that, um, you can go to the show notes and we'll link directly to it there as well as their, the, the website um, that'll be listed in the show notes as well. Uh, but what you're describing for me really is a is your is your communication flow, starting with Google AdWords, kind of the top of the funnel, and then have them take a, 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 a um, lead, like a lead capture, whether that's through email, your podcast, or your assessment tool, then keep walking us through how, what's the next step that you expect people to take and how have you used digital strategies to help walk them through their whole user journey? Yeah, that's, that's great. So, so for, for example, let's say someone comes through Google AdWords and we do a little ad for this free assessment tool. They'll go and they'll take that leading assessment we want to make that valuable for them. And so they'll get an immediate email response back that's automated that gives them mm -hmm. their scores that they've had on this assessment tool. But we also want them, we, we know that some of them are going to see their scores in certain areas and be frustrated that they're not scoring higher. Mm -hmm. And so we want to help them with that. And so we've developed these uh, white papers mm -hmm. on the different subjects that are covered in this uh, leading assessment. So mm -hmm. that now they can read and consume some content that's very practical. It talks about some strategies and tactics that they might take in order to actually enhance their own scores and to do a better job of integrating their faith in their workplace. And then we have other automated drip emails that flow back to them that give them other options of things that they can plug into and maybe it's learning about getting in one of our uh, business leader groups, for instance. And so we'll try and draw them into, okay, we want you to learn this, but we don't want you to leave it 
and not have tools to be able to go deeper. And so we have, you know, virtual groups that people can plug into. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people anywhere in the world can go through that journey and actually have some tools and resources to be able to go deeper in their faith journey. And we may never even touch or know who that person was. Mm -hmm. They just happened to flow through the system. I, I, I mean, really, what you're using is, is you're you're applying the ministry, the content of your ministry, and being able to minister to people in a whole digital way. The drip yes. emails, the virtual groups, the white papers. Um, what? How do you like your your ministry has to be funded somehow? Right. And uh, I'm sure there's probably some registration cost for some of your events and some of those things. But probably the majority of your revenue probably comes from donations. Um, pers- yeah. So how 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 do you work a person that, that are that are connecting with you on so many different different levels and encourage them to become a donor? Talk about that process for that you have going right. On right now. Yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of needs to manage the growth uh, that we've experienced over the years, and so usually sixty to seventy percent of our total funding is going to come from donations, mm-hmm. uh, and then we do a lot of events, and so we have some generous corporate sponsors mm-hmm. and event you know, registrations and all of that. And and that'll usually make up like 25% of the revenue base. And then we have these business leader groups and we've rolled out a uh, membership platform that people Mm -hmm. can join the network. People used to come to our events and say, okay, I'm excited. How do I join the network? And we didn't really have a great answer for that. And so this summer we rolled out a uh, membership platform that people have different choices uh, that they can join for free or they can pay a little bit each month and get access to all of our content. Uh, but also we do need to be supported, you know, by those generous people. And so some of those come through digitally that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somebody plugs into, we, we do a monthly free, what we call network connect. Uh, actually we're doing one uh, here tomorrow. And so it's a, uh, it's an example of an interview format, mm-hmm. uh, much like what we're doing here today. And so people from all around the world can plug in. Mm-hmm. And and we've seen some of those people, you know, actually uh, go online and make a donation. And so we'll have a pathway for them to do that fairly easily. And, uh, and then we'd love the people that step up and actually become monthly supporters. Yeah. And that really helps as well. So I'm curious because right now you're you're you could say your the your events are are regionally located, Kansas City, Des Moines, um, looking at Oklahoma City, some of those areas, and yet your outreach is is global. Like yes. So what if you can share this? If you can't, that's fine too. But what like what percentage of the folks that are connecting with you outside of your region are also connecting with you in just a real heartfelt way and express that through making a donation? Do you have any sense for that? You know, I don't I, I don't have any stats okay. on that that I can think of offhand, yeah. Chad. Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'd have no. to check on that. Yeah, that's 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 totally fine. I think what's I think what's important for people to see is how you've been able to use the digital methods to be able to augment what you do in person, 
as well as use it to draw new people in that are also in your regional area. But you've also been able to use that to maximize and develop a a global ministry through your virtual events, through the membership platform. And uh, uh, and yet your local events are still you're able to kind of use that as a almost as a test tube to see what works, what doesn't work, and then roll that out in in a digital way. So, yeah, kudos to you for doing that. Yeah, and Chad, I, and I would say that, uh, you know, COVID actually was a help to us yeah. in the fact that we were doing so much local live events. Yeah. And suddenly we had to figure out how are we going to connect and reach people, you know, whenever we can't host a live event. Yeah. And so we quickly moved into doing some virtual events much faster than I think a lot of other people did. And I remember at the Mm -hmm. time thinking, you know, boy, we're not going to get very many people. We don't have that many people out there that's going to plug in with that. But it was amazing that, you know, the first week, I think we had 39 people uh, on and we didn't even know what we were doing. I mean, we literally (laughs) had a camera up above that was shining on my shiny bald head and people Uh couldn't even see my face. It was horrible. Uh, But yet people ask, can you do this again next week? Mm. And I thought, really? And, you know, the following week we had like 150 people. The next week we had 250 people. And to speak to what you were speaking to, the impact that it had globally shocked me Mm. because like the third or the fourth week in, we had a guy from France that went online and made a donation. And that doesn't happen every day. And so I reached out to him to ask, okay, who are you and why did you make this donation? And he basically said, you know, it's long overdue. He said, I've been reading your daily messages for Mm. 10 years. And he said, you need to know the impact that your ministry is having in France. Because he said less than 2% of the population in France are Christians. Mm. And he said, I got involved with a Catholic business organization And he said, I quickly realized that most of them wouldn't know the Bible if it fell on them. Hmm. And he said, so I began taking your daily messages into my meetings with these Catholic business owners that would spark the conversation. He said it it caused such a great uh, movement in people's lives that he said, I bought a copy of your book and I began teaching a chapter at a time to these business leaders Hmm. And that started to flourish even more what these business people were doing in France. And he said, when I saw that you were going to actually do virtual events and I could actually connect and participate, he said, I was so excited because I've been using your material for years. And he said, it actually flourished so much that he said, I've been doing that on a volunteer basis. He said, last year, they actually hired me. I now get paid to take your material into businesses <laughs> and to minister to business people. So he said, I felt like a donation wow. was overdue Praise God. Uh, you know, to your ministry. And so that really spoke to me about how we can leverage digitally what we're doing and reach yeah. the world in ways that we never dreamed possible. Yeah. That, I mean, who would have guessed 20 years ago, um, a business guy, Overland Park, Kansas, and to fast forward 20 years and see how you're having a global impact, you know, who, who would have known? And, and it comes back to what you said at the beginning, if, when we're obedient and faithful, 
yes. obedient and faithfulness and let, let the results and, and walking with integrity and, and, and leave the results to God. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, so you've already shared how one person has been able to really be a, a disciple maker in the country of, of France. Any other stories that you can share with our audience around a life, another life that has been changed through the ministry of the Unconventional Business Network? Sure. Well, you know, like I said earlier, oftentimes we try and use the events and our daily email messages as a, a door opener. Hmm. And so I remember we had um, we had a, a guy named Phil that he came to uh, one of our events. Well, it happened to be at a pivotal moment in his life. He had experienced, a, you know, a, a DUI that kind of shook him to the core, realized that he'd been going to church his whole life, but it was just kind of a, a sham to him. He really wasn't, uh, you know, modeling or living anything out. And he owned a, an engineering firm. So he ended up coming to this event and he heard a speaker that talked about how God cared about his work and how he had been called into this business. Hmm. And, and so Phil all of a sudden had this light switch go on that, oh my gosh, you mean God really cares how hmm. I run this business? And if he does, he probably doesn't like what he's seeing. And so hmm. Phil ended up plugging into a Bible study group that I was leading uh, some material that I had developed. And through that, he learned that God was calling him to be a shepherd to his people, not mm -hmm. a tyrant. Mm -hmm. And he realized that deep down he'd been a tyrant to his staff. Mm -hmm. And so he, uh, he decided he wanted to be a shepherd. And so mm -hmm. it kind of put him on a different journey. And what happened was he started having employees come in and shut the door and say, why are you being so nice to me? You've never been nice to me. <laughs> and it began giving him an opportunity wow. to share his faith in Christ with his employees and to show, you know, why he was doing business the way he was doing and how he wanted to conduct business in the future. And that led him to get so passionate that he decided that he wanted to start leading other business leaders in his community. And hmm. so he began teaching some of our material to other business owners in that community. And recently he has launched a citywide uh, ministry effort that they're now hosting speakers to come in and driving people into small groups that they can use some of our materials and actually train other business people. So that one little event, that one day at a pivotal moment in Phil's life has now impacted his entire community. Wow. That's uh, that, that is awesome. And I, I just love what you shared around Phil realizing that, he needed to be a shepherd, not a tyrant. And uh, I mean, that, that, that metaphor of a shepherd, that just encapsulates what a biblical leader looks like shepherding his people. You know, it's not just in a church context. It really is in any leadership context and yes. listening, guiding, coaching, all those things, um, disciplining, you know, all those things rolled up into, into, into the picture of a shepherd. So yeah, sure. that's good. Yeah. Well, this has been super helpful. Just what I'm, what I'm getting from this is if, if, if you're a ministry out there and right now you're a local or a regional ministry, uh, Rick, you've really just opened up 
um, the eyes about what it could take to actually grow into a global ministry, to scale into a global ministry, if sure. we're obedient and faithful to what God's calling. And yes. uh, so, so if you're listening to this, I would, I would encourage you just to ask the question, okay, what is the next step that God is calling us to do that we need to be obedient and faithful in that yeah. uh, who, who knows the way that God may use that over the, over the course of years. Yeah, that's really and cool. I would And I would challenge them, Chad, to uh, when they pray that prayer, keep your eyes wide open because it doesn't usually look quite the way that you thought it was going yeah. to look. Yeah. God sends those unconventional messengers and those unconventional messages that uh, it's easy to walk right by it and say, mm-hmm. yeah, that won't work and I'm not going to do that. Uh, but it's amazing, you know, whenever you realize that uh, – God may be sending something to you that's a tool that nobody else is doing because yeah. it is God's unconventional approach yeah. that may be the one thing that catapults you to a whole new level. Yeah. And, and as, as a part of that, if we're holding on too tightly into either a, something that we've always done it this way or to our expectation of what it's going to look like and not hold things with an open hand, when God tries to change, it can be pretty painful if he has to, has to uh, pry our fingers open. So holding things, even what he's called us to with an open hand, knowing that he could, he could direct, take it away because it's his to begin with, I think yes. is a, is, is such an important principle for, for all of us to, to, to learn daily. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> open hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rick, what is one book or blog or resource that you've read or listened to recently that you can share with our audience? Mm. Um, boy, um, I, I read so many different things. I'm trying to think of, um, and sometimes it's not, you know, a Christian book, but, you know, one that comes to mind and it's an old book. There's a uh, Harvard business professor mm-hmm. that um, wrote a book called um, Competing Against Luck. Hmm. And it really, you know, we all, I think, like to know the pulse of our market hmm. and, and the marketing research that can happen. But this guy's take was fascinating to me because he kind of flipped it on its head and he asked the question, what are they trying uh, to hire me to do for them? Hmm. And when you start looking at it from that angle, you start asking different questions. And so he really encouraged people to almost have a, a, a documentary interview with your customers. Interesting. You know, where did you start yeah. in this journey with us? What yeah. prompted you? What was the trigger point that made you buy? Yeah. Or why did you go this direction? And whenever you get enough of that information, you can start to realize what is the thing that they're actually trying to buy. Yeah. Because oftentimes what they're trying to buy isn't what we're trying to sell. Yeah. And we yeah. may have to message it differently. We may have to think about it differently. And so, and the, and the author of that, he was a Christian man that has since recently gone on to be with the Lord. But uh, this book was very meaningful to me because it made me take a different look as to thinking through the eyes of the customer yeah. and what are they needing yeah. rather than what do I want to push on them? What do I want to sell them? And, and, and even for ministries, I mean, right. For ministries to listen to those that we're ministering to 
and hear what are the pain problem, what are the pain points that they're dealing with and yes. how has God gifted and called us to come alongside and, and, uh, and, and, and fit those. Well, that, that's great. Competing against luck. Again, we'll, we'll include a link to that in our show notes. So good. Rick, if people want to get a hold of you or the unconventional, unconventional sure. business network, what's the best way for folks to do that? Yeah, they can visit our website at unconventionalbusiness.org. There's a lot of great free resources on there. And, uh, you know, you can contact us through there as well. And we do, we do a lot of, you know, actually counseling with business leaders that are struggling with issues and they just want a biblical uh, worldview on how to navigate through their challenges mm -hmm. or problems. And so we're always here and available and happy to do that. And prayer is a big part of our ministry. Mm -hmm. Our team gathers once a week to specifically pray over the needs of people in uh, the, the marketplace, the business community. And so we're here to serve people in that way as well. That's great. Yeah. So, so unconventionalbusiness.org will get them to all that. Okay, good. Well, Rick, thanks so much for your insights. Really, really helpful. And especially for if you're listening to this as a, as a, as a local or regional ministry, I, think, I hope it sparks some thoughts in your mind about how you can, you can use the digital outreach to grow your impact. And so thanks so much for joining us today. Okay, thank you, Chad. I appreciate it. You heard Rick share about how God has taken his ministry from a local ministry to impact people globally. And he's done that by being generous with his content and what God is teaching him. So creating a daily 60 second podcast that I subscribe to really valuable, encourage you to jump on it uh, called integrity moments. Next, they provide an assessment. Again, it's a, it's a method for people to connect, receive something of value in exchange for providing an email address. That leads to connecting with those folks on a regular basis, which eventually leads to donors. All of that started with their email address. And yet only 14.5% of ministries actually use a lead magnet to help grow their ministry outreach. So if you don't have one, you need one. We obviously can help you with that. But also to find out more about ministry statistics, uh, not just about lead magnets, but also on things like organic search, social media, email, donors, and much, much more, you need to get a copy of the 2021 Digital Ministry Benchmark Study. Along with that, we'll provide you with a free scorecard so you can see how you compare with other ministries. And we'll work with you to identify your next area of focus in the next 30 days. Again, no charge for any of that. Benchmark study and the scorecard free directly to you. Just go to 5q.com slash scorecard to get your copy today. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash scorecard. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You know, if there's something that has struck a nerve with you in any way, whether it's this podcast or any of the other ones, I just encourage you right now to take a moment, shoot me an email. I would love to hear about that. My email is chad.williams at 5q.com. That's chad.williams at fiveq.com. Again, I'd love to hear just how this podcast might be helping you to do a better job in the ministry space. So until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.